Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Happy Veterans Day to all the folks out there, especially uh, those that uh, served and who this day, of course, is for. We're going to uh, get to highlights from Kyle Whittingham's press conference coming up here momentarily. But we were talking about uh, Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. And how when Chip first got to UCLA, he had to cut basically the whole team. Well, we found some secret sound. We of, did of Chip on early on in the process at UCLA that led them to uh, the climb that they're on now. We found it during the break. Yeah, we so, Should we give that a listen? Yeah, I think all of our listeners pay close attention to Chip and his attitude. Good practice, team. Okay, it's time for the easiest part of any coach's job, the cuts. Now, while I wasn't able to cut everyone I wanted to, I have cut a lot of you. Wendell is cut. Rudy is cut. Janie, you're gone. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you, and you. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you during the break if you'd ever seen that that Simpsons. I'm not, but I got a kick out of that. It's Chip. Every coach you've ever talked to, especially at certain levels, it's the hardest day. It's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Let somebody go. Here comes the. It's not the for e- Chip. The easiest job and ever, the easiest part of any coach's job, the cuts. Yeah, Chip hit the fan. Now I couldn't cut all of you. But I could cut most of you. <laughs> Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. <laughs> I heard that so many times growing up. Oh, man. Congratulations. Were you cut a oh, lot? Always, always. And it was always the fight. It was, came down to me and another kid. He made it every year. I didn't make it every year. Did that year. affect your self esteem? What do you think? I don't and know. What does that, what's that I, supposed to mean? Knowing you, you bully? You're, you're resilient. I thought you might bounce back quickly and try again. See, I have a lot of admiration for that. Okay, I do. I really, really do. Getting cut. I, I have one of one of my kids always tried to do stuff, and she was successful at some things. But there were a bunch of things that she wasn't particularly successful at, and she kept at it. And she that's turned, a good story. I don't think I can top she that. Turned into a beautiful human being. So it's uh, it, it, you know the process is. Uh, the journey is worth taking. I certainly have been cut more than my fair share, and it is awful each and every time. It's not easy for coaches, man. I have talked to a bunch of them. It's and they, easy for Chip. Yeah. <laughs> we just heard they, it. They hate that stuff because there are kids who will give you everything they have. They just don't have enough. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. And then you got some Except kid, you, you, and you. And then you got some kid who just uh, presumes everything, and he's good enough. He just has more talent. So he's on. There's nothing worse than looking for your name on the list, not seeing it, realizing that you've been cut, and then looking around at everybody else who made the team celebrating. And as you're trying to fight back the devastation and your tears just long enough to get to the parking lot. There was the time I was on the list, the final list. This I'm not bringing this up, and I showed up for day one of practice, and they went, why are you here? 
And they pulled me aside and said, nah, that was a mistake. You were we meant to, to cut you? you? Oh, I promise. That cannot I happen. swear that is absolutely they sort of, 100% they sort of true. just kept you just because it was their mistake. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's what happened. Man, Austin, that's rough. Can you give us more detail on what the setting it was, was? Junior high. It wasn't what any sport? big deal. But, uh, basketball. Oh. So you really did win, go through the uh, the. The rest of you have made the team, <laughs> except except you. you. What are you still doing here? <laughs> oh, that's you awful. waiting for a ride or something? I don't. Then you have to take the walk of shame out of practice, it where was everybody horrendous. everybody knows what's going on. Everybody was like, "Oh, did you hear Austin showed up?" Yep, it's <laughs> horrible. Oh. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, I bet. Do you have to wear like a dunce cap or, you know? It... I had to move. You <laughs> no, plum moved right out of the neighborhood. I, but that I, really happened. I would have considered moving. It was bad. Be like, stuff. you know what? I'm I'm going to go uh, down there to Woods Cross next semester. Uh, Austin, uh, a serious moment here. A serious question. What advice would you give? Because there are kids out there who listen to our show, you know, and their parents. What advice would you give uh, kids who do get cut? Uh, what's the best approach? How do you bounce back? Well, don't get into choir. I'll tell you that right now. I'm just kidding. No, it, it, this life is all about disappointments and how you react to them, right? React. You can be sad and everything, but don't let it beat you. So it's not It's not getting knocked down. It's how you get yourself back up again. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, doctor. Anyway, so Chip, no problem with the cuts. <laughs> it's his favorite part of the year. <laughs> Holy smokes! Like when your uh, your uh, co- your host of the show you produce calls you fat all the time, you let it knock you down, but let, you gotta get back up each time. You get back up, yeah. Mm. yeah. Or you try to tell a story and they just one up you always. Constantly, it's just the worst. Oh wait, hi Gordon. <laughs> you looking at me? No, no. Are you looking at me? No, I am not. Should we get to speaking? Do I amuse you? Speaking of cuts, Gordon, should we get to these sound cuts? Let's do it. Hey, hey. A little transition there for you. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, let's start out here. We're Couple going with cutting Kyle Whittingham getting ready for UCLA, and uh, he's talking about approaching each game uh, without while ignoring the hype. Our only focus and task is to get a win this week. That's that. No matter what you're ranked, no matter what all that outside noise says, or you know all the peripheral stuff, can't worry about that because no matter what it says, you got to win. And that's that's our whole focus. And that's really not a big challenge in my estimation. I hope it's not a big challenge for our players. It shouldn't be. We just feel like we're going to get everybody's best shot. And that's kind of always our mentality, though. We don't. That's not different from from years past. We go into the game that thinking that that the opponent is. You know, we respect them and and don't overlook them. And so I, I don't think that. Has been a, uh, at least not in my mind, a factor this year. That's uh, you know two seasons where we were you know obviously very successful and, and had some lofty rankings. We also I think it was 2015 where we we ascended pretty good, but it, it we kind of tailed off at the end. But we're not completely unfamiliar with this territory. I love you know coaches talk about uh, the outside chatter and expectation and opinion expressed and whatnot in social media. They call it noise, noise. <laughs> it's it, well okay. I guess it's you have annoying. an issue with that. I mean, I think that's well, pretty aptly noise, described. Noise really has a negative connotation, doesn't it? I think this is negative to coaches. They don't want them. Um, I mean, in Utah's case, coaches don't want them reading headlines and talking about playoff and all this stuff when they have three games to go. Yeah, but what does what does Alabama deal with? What does Clemson deal with? Noise. If, if you're good, you're going to hear people talking. And you've got to figure out a way to ignore that and drive it out. But it's not really noise. I, I don't think it's a negative. 
I, I think it's respect for your program and what you're doing. It's up to the coaches and players to to drive out the noise. Yes, no, exactly. Yes, to ignore no. the noise. Well, okay. It, you know, you don't let it go to your head. If you can even acknowledge it, but that doesn't stop you from going out and working your butt off or thinking uh, we got this no matter what. It teams have approached it that way. Yes. All right. Including probably Utah, who went into that USC game after they had just beaten BYU and thought, well, they we've beaten BYU, so this should be uh, no problem. At the Coliseum, you really think that was their attitude? I don't think that was it at all. I think you you had some defensive uh, strategical errors, and you had a bunch of mental errors, which comes from not focusing. I, I, and why I are, no, that team. Oh, no, I think can't believe it. you're pushing back against this. No, just I, unbelievable. Because I was at that game, and that's not what I saw. Not against that, but against I, this noise thing. You've got to understand what Witt's talking about, well, I right? Do, I do. But I just think noise is, you want noise. Because if no one's talking about your program, nobody has any expectation for your program. That's not a good thing. To to him and to the program, but he doesn't want the players listening to that. Why can't you understand that? It's a positive, not a negative. And then they start buying into it and thinking they're good. Well, and I, get, I get that part of it. but In fact, I think Witt should go the other way. And in fact, I think he should cut a couple of third stringers just to make sure everybody's got their head on straight. Oh, jeez. No. No, no, You, no. come over here, Horton. I'm going to publicly Did cut, I make the team? I'm going to cut you in front of the entire team just to send a motivation. No, I, I, I know what Pack he's doing. Pack your stuff. You're and, gone. And he's not the only one. All the coaches say it. It's noise. It's noise. But it's, it's, it, you'd rather have the noise than not have it. He would. The program would. But he doesn't want his players paying attention to the noise. How is this so hard? Because he doesn't, he, he doesn't want them paying attention to the compliments that they're getting. It's not noise. You get hung up on the darndest things. I tell you what. Yeah, I guess I do. All right. Up next, uh, challenges that uh, quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson presents for the Utah defense. Very athletic. Like I said, he's a guy that can really extend the play. He makes things happen. I mean, he's, he's dynamic, and he's making good decisions throwing the ball. Uh, but they're a run-first team, as are all spread. All good spread offenses are run-first teams, that, almost all. That's just how it is. And they're running the ball exceptionally well. Number 27 in the last three games has really started to, to be uh, productive. But the quarterback, like I said, he's so dangerous. If you let him out of the pocket, he's really dangerous. So you got to try to keep him in. So this is important for those D linemen to contain him. And guys like Bradley and I, uh, at t- if you find any kind of criticism for Bradley, there at times he, I think Witt has called him earlier in his career undisciplined at times because he's going for the sack no matter what. In this game, he needs to just keep him, keep him inside so that they can, they can clean up from there as opposed to whiffing by him and then having him take off because then, then the Utes could get hurt a little bit. Here's what concerns me is playing against UCLA is kind of like playing against Air Force. You have to worry about that zone read option all the time, and they run it really, really well, and that's all they do. And DTR has been doing it for a long time, and that's what he was recruited to do. And you combine that with Joshua Kelly, who's a really good running back, and that's how UCLA goes and generates points. And they've been better at it at times this year than others. Yeah. But that's what they're going to do. And so Utah not only has to contain Kelly, but they have to stay disciplined in their assignments so DTR doesn't run all over them. Right. So it's 
it's one of those games where I don't know if the Utah defense is set up to have spectacular plays as much as it is. This is going to be like an Air Force game where they're set up to you have to be in your gaps and you have to do your job. And the minute that you get too aggressive is the minute that UCLA will make you pay for it. Yeah, ASF, Simon Sound Football. Yep. And Utah, their players, guys like Bradley and I, are talented enough. I think they're more talented than what UCLA is putting on the field. So if, if they do exactly what you just said and use their superior talent, they're going to be flying. But Bradley and I is the perfect example, right? Here's a pass rusher, plays like his hair is on fire. He almost has to go against his instincts in this game. Because if you do that, that's when UCLA gets you in trouble because DTR can move and he can shake you and he can make the right decisions when it comes to that option game and that could that can make it hurt. I mean, they you know Bradley is the perfect example that you bring up as a guy that has to just say, you know what, I've just got to be in my gap and I've got to do my job. I can't. I've got to force that, you know, aggressiveness almost, and and be where I'm supposed to be. Uh, of course, you got Mister Fotu there in the middle to. Uh complicate things for DTR. Well, yeah, and Penasini and Mika Tafu on yeah, the other side. I mean, all, the all these really really good players, but mm. they're going to have to they're going to have to do their job. They they will. UCLA is good enough that on offense that if you if you're out of place, they'll make you pay for it. I'm not saying that they're world beaters and I'm certainly not saying I would pick the Bruins, but there's a reason that this is their most dangerous game that they have left. Aren't they huge favored by like 21 points or something? Is it that high? Yeah, I, I hope I'm not misstating that, but I thought that's what I saw earlier. That's a lot. It is a lot. But, you know, it doesn't mean anything. No, I know. All right. Uh, here's Don't, don't want to make that noise. Here's Coach uh, talking about how dangerous UCLA's rush attack can be for Utah to stop. The zone scheme, outside zone, inside zone, you know, the typical runs that you see from, from spread offenses. He is a big back, 6'1", 220, and so he's got size to him. He's got good quickness, good vision, but uh, it's really, I think the offensive line is starting to get some, some guys that weren't very experienced on the old line coming into the season who now have a, you know, nine games of experience under their belt, eight or nine games, and so it's uh, a case of, I think, the old line functioning better and him just starting to, uh, first of all, get more carries and just uh, being more productive. He's a good back, and comparing to somebody, that's a good question. But but he's you know he's physically can run inside, he can run outside. Yeah, twenty one and a half. By the way, is the line, uh, Gordon? You were you were incredibly right about that. I uh, went to one site. Their predicted score is forty eight to fifteen. Hmm. Wow, I don't know. Well, if if Utah plays like they have, I mean that that certainly is possible. There's there's no doubt. But Josh Kelly, so far this year, Gordon has uh, 861 yards and 10 touchdowns. So, I mean, he's a player. So if I said to you, Jake, uh, or if I said to Kyle Whittingham, Kyle, your team is going to give up 15 points, he would take that, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And, and Utah, no doubt, is going to score more than 15 points on UCLA. If the UCLA might score a couple times. If UCLA has a prayer, I think they've got to put up over 30 if they're going to be – close in this one and I I don't see I'm with you I don't see Utah's defense surrendering 30. Yeah I think they are disciplined enough I think they're talented enough on defense and then the offense take care of the ball because if they turn the ball over a bunch of times they might give a team like that both uh, momentum and a chance but if not I think I think you bury them. And if UCLA moves the ball, they can suck up a bunch of the time clock too. So yeah, I'm, you don't want to turn the ball over to them and limit your that, opportunities. Remember that game against Washington State? The drives were like inside of two minutes. Well, Washington <laughs> State's a totally different animal yeah, though, because they yeah. don't. I mean, they hardly run the ball at all. True. 
So yeah, I'm with you. But if you you get at the quarterback against Washington State, they're they're the house of cards. I, I mean, that comes tumbling down. I agree with what Kyle said there. He's right on the money as he usually is. Uh, that this team is a team that likes to run the ball, and and you said it too. And the, that is the Ute strength, both from from their ability standpoint and from a standpoint they know how to play defense. Man, they know it, and it doesn't matter whether. It's a spread offense or not. They're good enough to shut that thing down. I don't know if they'll completely shut it down, but I think they'll limit it enough to uh, give them every opportunity to win, and I expect them to win comfortably. Here's Coach Witt on uh, his team's keys to success so far this season. Well, we pride ourselves on being physical, and, and it starts with the run game and defending the run. That that doesn't change year in and year out. And so, you know, typically run run yardage is more damaging than throw yardage to an opponent. I mean, if you can just cram the ball down their throat, that's that can be demoralizing. And so that's always something we want it to be a strong suit to run the football and to defend the run. And we're doing, like you mentioned, defensively better than anybody in the country right now. we got a challenge this week because they're a good running team. But uh, that's uh, something that's very important to us. Obviously, you get sick of hearing it, but the turnover margin is another thing that's very important. But uh, if you were to say where does it all start other than the turnover margin, it's, it's the physicality of the line of scrimmage, which translates into playing the run tough and being able to run the football effectively, which we're, we're doing a good job. We're leading the Pac-12 in rushing as well per game. See, Kyle knows his team is better than this Bruin team. He knows that. He's not going to say that. But it, when he says be physical, play defense, stop the run, and don't turn the ball over, then that's doing everything that they're capable of doing, and don't don't be fat headed about it and start getting sloppy with the ball and giving uh, UCLA opportunity in the red zone uh, that they wouldn't ordinarily have. He he's essentially saying it without saying it. Well, yeah, and I, you know, the one game of out of time stuff. I mean, it's it's certainly cliche, right? And we get frustrated it's with it because it's true. We like to look forward to it, but it one hundred percent is true. And I don't. I think that's a part of well, several programs' success around here, but certainly Utah's. I mean, they you got to keep their eye on the ball. Absolutely, have to keep their eye on the ball. And I, I we could argue about you know why they lost to USC or whatever. But one thing I I think is inarguable. I think that that. I don't, I don't want to say refocus the team as much as I want to say focus the team. And I think we've seen a totally different team uh, after that game because they, they really have just been going out and taking it to teams. And I know that the score was closer uh, against Washington than, and you wouldn't necessarily say the Utes took it to them, but they really did. I mean, after that slow start, they absolutely beat up on Washington and Washington got that touchdown late. But, I mean, Utah had that game well in control by then. So I – I think, you know, nobody want, everybody looks back at USC and say, wow, what if Utah won? But I actually think that they lost that game, caused them to do some things that, that refocused the team. They moved some guys around, uh, minimally, but, I mean, changed. Uh, you heard uh, Witt today talk about uh, Lewis and Nurse at that corner position, how they're basically rotating 50-50. They started that after the USC game because they saw that those two players brought something different to the to the table and they started using nurse more. I mean little stuff like that. I think the USC game actually benefited them in a weird way. So you're essentially saying that if the Utes hadn't lost that game, they would have lost the game somewhere else down the stretch. Um I don't know. I don't know about that, but I don't think that they would have waxed some of those teams like they did. I mean, think I know it's a, a long time ago now, but, well, you brought it up just a minute ago. Think about that Washington State game and what a one-sided affair that was. And it's not like anybody is – the Cougars haven't been terrific uh, this year, but it's Far not like it. anybody shut down the Cougs like the like the Utes did that game. And, I mean, they smashed the Beavers, smashed uh, Arizona State with Jaden uh, Daniels. But see, you're, you're, you're really underscoring my point that what I meant to say earlier – 
is that this team is good enough and flexible enough, uh, versatile enough defensively to handle all kinds of situations, not just stop the run up front, but also, you know, to uh, hurt a team like Washington State. Uh, and how do you do that? You do that with a bunch of guys who are very talented, and that's what that defense is. And if they're well coached, then you got it made. Yeah, and there it, were then there were coaching errors against USC. I, I think that's fair to say, and I think those guys would probably admit it too. But if they don't, if they don't show up against UCLA, UCLA is good enough to beat them. Okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but they would have to miss the bus completely. Uh huh. Which we've seen before. <laughs> it's happened in the past. <laughs> Which we've seen before. <laughs> yeah, I could just see Kyle. And I don't know whether he would talk to his players this way, but I can hear him saying, guys, you're good enough to do this. Now do it. And you don't do it by missing the bus. You don't do it by not uh, by not focusing and playing with uh, the kind of determination and, uh, and attention to detail that, that leads to victory. They're good enough to beat every team. And I include Oregon in that. And I think they're good enough to beat – any of the teams that are going to come out of the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl, uh, Ohio State will probably be in the playoff. But I think this team is good enough to go undefeated the rest of the year. All right, joining us now in studio is our friend Phil from TryDayTrading.com. And listen up because you can make uh, – well, Phil, let's let's start here. You really can make a little extra, like a side hustle type of thing, or we've talked to uh, several people over the years that this ends up turning into a full-time gig. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you have some people that are trying to do just do something on the side and make either vacation money or retirement money, um, or you have people that uh, make it to where that's what their career is and that's how they provide for their families. Do you pick up on that quick, Phil, when you're working with different people? You go, okay, this person has it. Well, I think every person has it to what level of extent. I think that's what takes some time because mm-hmm. you, you find some that. You know, they, they really do enjoy what they're doing, and they're not trying to get out of it. They're just trying to make a little extra. And then you have the other people that are that are ultimately go, I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. I want this to be the vehicle to get me out of it. Do you have some who uh, who, who find they're making so much money doing it that they, they can't afford to go back to their other job? They have to continue on with it because it's so profitable. It is. It is. Yeah, you, you'll see. And, it, and it's, it's all ages, too. I mean, you have people that are early 20s that are making more money than – people that have been working the same job for 20, 30 years. And then you have people that are in those jobs and they go, I don't want to do that anymore yeah. and I just want to trade. In fact, we had uh, we had a gal who came in from uh, Try Day Trading and uh, she sat down and talked yeah. with, with Gordon and I and she told us kind of her story where uh, she she just started for a little side hustle, a little something extra on the side and then all of a sudden it became her career. And and Gordon, I can't remember you, it was you or me, but we asked like, oh geez, what's your secret? Like that's amazing. And she goes, I'm not that smart. <laughs> She's like she said that she goes. I'm really not that smart. I just follow the the predictors and what the software tells me to do, and it's been great. Yeah, trading trading is, is a lot about analytics um, and backtesting. For people that don't understand what backtesting is, it means that we at the office have have figured out when is the right time to take trades and when is to get into it. How long should you stay into it? And and so because people before have figured out what to do. The people that are coming in now have it way easier. Just follow just follow a game plan. All right. If you want to get started, just go to trydaytrading.com. There's a, a free webinar there, right, Phil? Or then come into your office on Wednesdays where you guys do it all right there in person. We do. Yes, sir. 
Is it Olemic? I wonder one of those coming up. Is he, he? Well, he was at the one last week. Was he? How did he? he uh, how to go? It was pretty good. From from what I heard, I, I got a shout out in there too. He said there's some basketball coach that <laughs> screams at me and tells me don't do this. And I said maybe that was me. If it was bad, it wasn't me. But if it was good, it was definitely me. Man, isn't Olemic the best? That dude is such a rock star. <laughs> he loves. I love working with Scotty G too. He, yeah, he's been a, a fun time too. All right, so check him out. Trydaytrading.com. Phil, thank you so much. Yes, sir. All right, we'll have more coming up next. We'll talk some jazz basketball. Christian. Kenny scheduled to join us at 4.40. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. So there's a big movement in this country called resistance, and I don't want to get political with you because I know you don't care, but I have a feeling you're going to resist what I tell you here. I got to have you shoot more, Joe. It's as simple as that. Uh, cool. Next question. Do not. Re- See, you're resisting it. I knew you would. Come on, man. I need you. We need you, Joe. It's the ultimate. That's the ultimate resistance right there. I just hang up every time you are. Uh, <laughs> Joe, we want to talk field goal attempts. Click. I definitely can be more aggressive. And I'm still trying to figure it out. They're coming off the bench and, and when to be aggressive and when not to. And I'll shoot when I'm open. We can live with that. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sail on down the line by half a mile or so And I don't really want to know where you're going Maybe once or twice you see Time after time I try Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you, listen this Wednesday on a Win Ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to go see the Jazz take on the Golden State Warriors Friday, November 22nd. Courtesy of your local Ford stores, purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, ice cream, and soda. Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 for free Ford swag, jazz tickets, movie passes, and much, much more. Also want to remind you about our friends at uh, Wasatch Medical Clinic who will be in studio to discuss a new cleared thing. FDA approved. Thank you, Scotty. Or Scotty, Austin. Treatment for ED. They're going to be in studio with Scotty and Hans on Friday from noon to three. Sorry, Austin. I butchered that one, buddy. I forgot to give it to you. (laughs) It's, It's all right. It's not, By the like, way, it's not uh, like we read it every day. No, no. It's not like I should just know that off the top of my head or anything. Jake, our friend Gage, he tweets in, uh, Gordon Kyrie will not score more than 30. He is going to stroll into the paint, see Rudy there, and go running for the hills. I don't know if Kyrie has ever gone running for the hills because he's truly a volume shooter or volume scorer or whatever you want to say, but I... I do think that uh, the Jazz can limit his effectiveness. Yes, I do. What did you say he was averaging? Uh, let's see. Let me bring this back up. 30-plus, but let me tell you 33, exactly. 33, was it? Uh, no, not quite. Um, 30, oh. uh, right on the button. Okay. He's taking 22.4 shots per game. Yeah, He's taking eight of those are from three. He's making basically 3.1 out of 8.2 for uh, 37.8%. 
from three. His effective field goal percentage is 53.5. I mean, all these numbers just absolutely jump off the page, but yet they're four and five, the Nets, who, of course, are going to be in this building tomorrow. Yeah, but that might not be all bad for them, you know? Would you consider that a, a really, really good team? No, not necessarily. But it, you wonder about this, and not, I mean, we're getting a little far down the road yeah. talking about the Nets when they have the Warriors tonight. But um, the thing is, I wonder how. So the Nets were this plucky, overachieving bunch last year mm-hmm. who, who kind of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but there wasn't really a superstar. D'Angelo Russell was really good, but it's not like he was. You know, all NBA all first all NBA first team or anything like that. But yet Spencer Dinwiddie and all these other players, uh, Chris Levert, you know, really are maximizing their abilities and they go they storm into the playoffs. You know, kind of with all this energy. And then Kyrie Irving comes in, who of course is a, is the best player on the team, mm-hmm. but yet he also you know sucks up all the energy out of the room because it's <laughs> all of a sudden now about Kyrie and these guys who had all the opportunity in the world. Last year, and in fact, we're, we're lauded for it. Am I using that word yeah. correctly? Uh-huh. Uh, lauded for it. Now all of a sudden have to go, wait, wait. I have to take a backseat to this guy? It's kind of what we talked about happening with the Celtics. It Absolutely, 100%. And, and maybe this Nets team has, has more character that they can deal with it? But I, I just wonder, especially if they continue not to win a ton of games. Because it's one thing to be like, yeah, sure, Kyrie, you, you, you play and let us know what we can do if you're number one in the East. I wonder if they're playing with house money right now because they know that they have Kevin Durant coming. And as you brought up earlier in the show, it's, it's sometimes a little complicated to, to mesh it all together in a way that uh, is optimal. But... You know, he's, he's he's there. He's just not playing. So maybe this year they can just sort of develop and let it roll a little bit and see where they where it takes them. Now, as far as the Warriors game goes tonight, I mean, the Jazz should smoke this team. And where where do you want to set the bar points allowed in this Warriors game? Where, where do you want to? 17. <laughs> that, that would be an NBA record. By, well, how about by 70? Quite a margin. 17 a quarter. About 70. 75? Man, North of that? That's, that's tough pretty, still, too. Yeah. That, that's really tough still. I mean, if they if they held if they held Golden State to 75 points, I mean, that would be, that would be something. It's uh, probable. Uh, but he's not exactly a scoring machine. No, in fact, they need offense to come from come from somewhere. And I don't know if, if Draymond returning is the answer to that. I kind of think no. What about Jordan Poole? Do you have their their uh, their stats in front of you? Uh, I do. What are you looking for? Uh, who's their leading scorer? Is it Russell? D'Angelo Russell okay. at 25.3 points per game. All right. And then who? Glenn. Oh, let's see. Then uh, let's see here. S- Steph Curry, who's not going to count. Uh, Pascal at 16.4. All right. And Pascal's good, by the way. He's a good player. But then uh, Alec Burks at 14.7. Let's see here. Glenn Robinson III at 10.9. Damian Lee at 10.2. Austin's boy Jordan Poole at 9.5 points per game. And then your boy Draymond Green at 9.4 if he ends up playing. So let's get serious now. uh, What what do you think uh, the Warriors are going to be able to conjure? Will it be in the 90s? Let's put it right at 90. Okay. Would you take the over or under? I'd probably go under. Wow. But barely. Yeah. 
All right. Incriminating audio? No, I don't feel that. This is, I'm just guessing. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just, well, and you, you, you just don't know. I mean, how many random players over the years have we seen catch fire to torch the Jazz? You know, Jordan Poole goes for 30 tonight. We've certainly, uh, we've certainly seen it before. Uh, but right now, the Jazz, as far as, let's see here, defensive rating goes, they're still the top team in the league at 98.1. So it'd be, you know, 10 points below well, that's what they per, that's, average. Yeah, points per 100 possessions. Oh, okay. So. Uh, well, the Jazz are favored by eight. I would expect them to win by that. By that, I don't think. Well, again, it depends because if the Jazz get into an offensive groove, then they're going to win by more than that. Oh, I think they win by way more than that. But the, I just wonder if if Golden State gets up to ninety. I think if the Jazz don't score one hundred and ten points tonight, I think that would be a huge. Disappointment. Well, we've seen times when they have been discombobulated on offense. That's for sure. All right, uh, does. Does Mike Conley score more than 16 points? Because if he does, then the Jazz is going to roll. Yes. By the way, you want to know what what Golden State's defensive rating is? (laughs) Something tells me it's uh, Dragon. 117, which is good for what rank do you think? 117. 31 out of 30. (laughs) Exactly. 30. 30. Yeah. They're dead, dead last. Yeah, so if the Jazz offense can't roll against this particular team, although Draymond does bring some defensive presence and he's he's been missing lately. But, okay, so I, I say Jazz get 112. 112? Mm-hmm. All right. But well, that's more than eight points now, isn't it? Considering you went more. under 90 and you think the Jazz get 112. Would they win 112 to 89? If that happens, Gordon, I will buy you a Diet Coke tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's Diet, a big idea. Diet Coke's on me, buddy. If the Jazz win 112 to 89, I, I'll tell you what, I'll make you this deal. I won't disagree with you for an entire day. Whoa. An really? entire day. Okay, will you buy Austin a box of donuts? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> sure. I want to reward him. Is that what you want, Austin? Uh, is, would that be a good reward for you, a box of donuts, or would you like something else? <laughs> Uh, that's fine. All right. Just kidding. I will not disagree with you for an entire day, an entire show. And Actually, will, day. Well, every, I'll give so, you the whole so, day. So everything I say, you will say, yes, you're right. I will agree with in some way, shape, or form. And, and you'll do it respectfully, and you'll say, yes, uh, you're right. To the best of my abilities. No, but no, no, I, no, no. You have the ability to do that. To the best of my abilities, I will agree with you all day. If the final score turns out to be one twelve to eighty nine, deal. All right, that's a, oh man, please let it happen. I'm begging, please let it happen. One twelve to eighty nine. That's the number. How about about five hundred dollars of cash too? No. I hate amateurism. Pay those college athletes. <laughs> All right, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us, she makes the magic happen on AT&T Sportsnet. She's our good friend, Kristen Kinney. Hi, Kristen. How are you today? Hey, guys. I hear you talking about donuts. Send me some. <laughs> what? Uh, are you a donut gal? Do you like donuts? I love donuts. Mm. 
Who doesn't yeah, like who doesn't like donuts? Yeah, it's do you? true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, and what's your favorite? Do you get glazed or you like the? I chip? just like the regular plain glaze. Okay. My, uh, not all. It's too sweet when they put all the sprinkles and chocolate and all of that. My two-year-old and our family, we went into the bagel shop uh, for lunch on Saturday, and she just goes, Whoa, big donuts! <laughs> <laughs> Bagels aren't bad either. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It was pretty good. She's like, this doesn't taste like a donut. <laughs> so so we were talking We were talking about what's going to happen tonight in this game, and, uh, uh-huh. and Jake just told me, I, I predicted that the Jazz would win 112 to 89, and he said if that happens, he will agree with me respectfully all day long tomorrow so please let it happen uh do you expect the jazz to come with that kind of offensive force they've struggled at times this year but they're playing the worst defense in the league of course draymond if he's back that should improve that but would it would it shock you to see the jazz totally come together on the road offensively definitely not a shock i think that's pretty accurate i'd have to agree with you I think definitely we'll hold them. I would bet that we'd hold them under 100, um, and I bet that our offense will really start to build off the momentum of the bogey uh, the bogey buzzer beater yeah. <laughs> from the last game. So, yeah, I, I, would, I think you're pretty right on there. Can I get in on this? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, you pick one, and if you get it right, Kristen, then he'll have to agree with you. <laughs> Uh, I say, let's see. I, I think eighty nine is good for the for the Warriors. I'd say the Jazz maybe like one oh eight. One oh eight. One oh eight. All right. One oh eight eighty nine. And so a box of donuts. One oh eight eighty nine. Box of donuts for Kristen. We yeah. have to agree with everything she says. <laughs> if that uh, if that uh, comes donuts. that way. All right. All, right. All right. I'll take some bagels too. Just sesame. Now, uh, now, Christian, I know you, you know you guys are so great at AT and T Sports, and I know you do a tremendous uh, amount of uh, preparation for each game. But it, it's kind of funny going into Golden State games in the past, where you know you knew what was coming: Steph, Clay, uh, KD, Draymond Green, and then a cavalcade of guys that hardly matter. And uh, but this this Golden State team, Gordon and I are going through the roster. I mean, he's a ton of new faces. It's some old jazz guys with with Alec Burks, who's averaging about fourteen points a game. But a lot of contributors who we're not exactly familiar with. Right, the tables have turned. Um, Ab saw him this morning, gave him a hug when we arrived at shoot around. Also, Eric Pascal, who's who grew up with Donovan Mitchell, um, he has been showing uh, some brilliance on the court for them. So it's interesting because it definitely is a completely different preparation than previous years since I've been here. This is my fourth season and totally different uh, this time around. Also different venue. We were at the arena, this the new arena this morning. Um, you know, I think what Mike Conley was talking about this right after shoot-around, and he said these are kind of the games that are actually more dangerous because we know, we've seen this with with Jazz, um, our team, and the injuries and how guys step up. And there's a lot of young guys on this Golden State team who really want to come out and prove themselves. So I expect them to still come out. It's not by any means going to be an easy matchup tonight. So that's kind of interesting to look at it that way. You talk about these young guys and the young roster they have. They're going to want to come out and play with the chip on their shoulder. I expect that. So what is that new arena like? Is it just a thing of beauty? You know, under, can I say this, underwhelming? Really? Yes. Yes. 
Um, I, I was thinking it would be it would be a little bit different. It has a the box seating is very high up. It almost looks more like a football stadium setup inside. Um, so the seating's really really high for the for the box and the suites. Um, and then. It, it, I just haven't been able to see much other than walking in the back entrance. It's uh, a lot of white walls, so everything hasn't been set up yet. But, yeah, just a, a different feel, um, certainly, than the old uh, arena that had that character and that energy to it. So uh, we'll see tonight when we actually have a game going on. Well, Kristen, we'll be watching. Thank you, as always, for jumping on the show. Oh, okay. Awesome, guys. We'll see you later. Thanks, Kristen. Kristen Kenny, AT&T Sportsnet. Chris Mannix will join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Not Sports Report coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Bogdanovich might have been the best offseason acquisition that I can remember in a really long time. People will remember this three-point shot. It's all the other plays he makes to. He defends his drives to the hoop. He can be tough in the paint. He plays hard, man. He's exactly what you want as a jazz man. I think that this is something you're going to see a lot of. Teams are going to gravitate towards Donovan. Teams are going to gravitate towards Conley. Now they're going to start to gravitate more towards Bogdanovich because he's showing he can do it. That's just fine. Because then if they do gravitate towards him, kick it to Don. If Don is the one with the ball, he kicks it to Mike. There's a lot of options that the jazz didn't have before this season. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850, you'll win a zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers right here on the Zone Radio Network. All right, Gordo, uh, it's time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Where are we going today? We're going to China. But before we do... How about a salute to all the veterans out there? Absolutely. Been talking about it all day. I want to say thank you for your service, not only today, but every day. Indeed. All right. Uh, This is a crazy story out of China. Southeast China, a place called Guangdong Province. A 24-year-old man there identified as Mr. LV. How would you say that? Live, LV. Sure. Or would you say LV? I don't know. I don't speak Chinese. Where's Jay Catch when you need him? <laughs> well, he uh, complained of uh, an ache in his ear. So he went to see the doctor at the hospital there in the province. And the doctor informed him that he had... A dozen cockroaches nesting in his ear. Gross. Why do you have to do these stories? That's weird. You ever had a cockroach in your ear? No. He had a dozen. Wow. And uh, so uh, he told doctors 
that he had been experiencing not just a sharp pain, but kind of a, a scratchy sensation in his right ear. Wow. Can you imagine going to the doctor saying, I have an earache, and turning out that you have a dozen cockroaches in your ear? No, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't want to think about it now, actually. I love a, you go to the doctor because hey, you have an earache. You and, and you I know because you spent plenty of time in Hawaii. Yeah. Those were not Hawaii or Hawaiian cockroaches because those cockroaches are big. I read this story and I was like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. Hi, Lemma. How are you? Hey, I'm great. And our good friend Phil joins us from Tri. We call, we call him Coach. He, you, I, we've heard that yeah. you only call him Coach. Yes. <laughs> he is the man. Coach said that you're not very smart, but you're really good at this. Well, you know what? That That's that's partly true. <laughs> it's, it's dependent. It's dependent on, you know, because I'm a twin, right? And so the joke is that my brother has the brain. We share a brain, and he has it most of the time. The, the truth is you don't need to have the brain to be able to do what Phil is coaching us to do. And so if you're interested, I got people stopping me all over the place now. Are you doing the day training thing? Hey, day training. Try day training. It's like it's this buzz. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing this. And so I'm trying to get up to speed so I can be like, coach, over here, Phil, who's like, Psh, he's making money. Well, you're smart, but yeah. do how are you finding it? How's it going for you so far? You know, one of the things that Phil said early on, it really stuck with me. And, you know, coming from an athletic background, I was able to relate to what he was saying. And he said, you know what, Alem, a lot of this is terminology. And when you get in, like you say, say you go from high school to BYU and you got all this new terminology that they're using for the plays. He said, the beginning part is starting to understand the terminology, yeah. pressure, you know, different things that are markers and and and, and things that, that will tell us what the market is doing. And then the coaches are amazing because they've been doing this for a long time. And so they can read, you know, the, the trends and what's going on. And then, the you know, one of the, the breakthroughs with this program is the proprietary software that you get that really gives you an understanding of what's happening in the market. How, hey, Phil, talk about how, because uh, Alem is right in the spot in this process that are, a lot of our listeners could be very, very soon. So talk about Alem's journey a little bit and how he's doing. Yeah. So I, one of the, the other thing that him and I talked about was the process. I feel like the process is more important than the result. And, and the reason why is if we can get the process down right now when it's fake money, and then when it's a little account, and then as the account grows and you're making more money, and then you get to a fully funded max account of fifty or $100,000, as long as you had the process in the beginning, the results are there. And so a lot of people get hung up on how much can I make, how much can I make, how much can I make, where we just want you to get hung up on do the process, the results will follow, and the terminology that behind it. And I, so I had a great, I had a great time. It was a couple, I don't know, a month ago yeah. we were in the office together, and his eyeballs were about as big as they could be. <laughs> and I just said, hey, let's break it down piece by piece. And that's that's why we talk about the, the success of the one-on-one and, and why is it so important. We talked about it a little bit yeah. earlier. is because everybody learns differently. And some people are, are verbal. Some people are visual. Some people are books. Some people are listening to a magazine or, excuse me, a webinar or a recording. But 
at the end result is all about the process and understanding terminology. And the cool thing, guys, is is that you're going to get a demo account, right? I have a demo account where I can go and trade, but it's just going through the process. It's kind of like having a scrimmage, you know, from an athletic standpoint. That's what I see it as. I have a scrimmage, and then I meet with my coach. My coach looks at the tape, and we look at, you know, this is what we did. This is, you know, where you where you're doing it right. This is where, hey, you missed you missed that that indicator right there. And so you start to get a real, I mean, a real genuine feel for it. And the dangerous thing is you can get so confident that you start to go rogue and you start to trade, you know, just like, oh man, I got this. Whereas with the, with this software, the proprietary software that we're getting with Tri-Day Trading, the, it, it, if you just follow that and don't get carried away and start to feel like, oh man, I, I mastered the market, then you're going to be successful. And so my my intention going in is to just learn the system, learn how to trade, and then follow the instructions. And if you do that, you're going to be successful. And your ultimate goal, Alamo. Yeah. My what ultimate are you goal. For out of yeah, this? for me, it would be my ultimate goal would be like what Phil is doing, trading like 13 hours a week, mm. and being able to take care of whatever income is necessary. And think about you know what you could do with all of that. You know, leisure time, and you know now you have some money to be able to do some things. And my other thing was my 25-year-old son, who back from a mission, back from summer sales. It's like, hey, Durant, you know, let's let's do this together. So he and I are actually doing this together, oh, cool. and I'm going to start competing with him. I'm going to kick his trash <laughs> and show him what Daddy's all about. Awesome. All right, get online, trydaytrading.com. <laughs> Check it out and make sure and catch a lemma, AT&T Sportsnet. Tonight, getting ready for the uh, the Warriors and the Jazz pre half and post. Who do you have tonight? Who do we have uh, on set? Yeah, Mike Big Smith? T is Big Big T is with me tonight. Very nice. Yeah. All right, we'll be watching. That's Alema Harrington. That's our good friend Phil. Chris Maddox joins us next. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. This 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 is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. A lot of times people will ask me if you wouldn't have been a professional football player, if you wouldn't have been a radio analyst, what would you have been? I always tell them a paleontologist. I, We've done shows for a long time. You've never ever mentioned that ever. I know paleontology. What? Maybe if you showed more I interest was, in the things I'm interested in. Was it just in? because of Laura Dern and Jurassic Park? Because you say that, then I'm like, okay, I got you. You know, Sam Neil was never right for her. Now, Dr. Hans. Dr. Hans. <laughs> Girl, nature always finds a way. I don't know how you guys take my dreams and just crumple them up like a piece of paper and throw it right back in my face. Oh, man. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, Ryan from The Dish Professionals. And Ryan, I'll tell you what, the technology out there right now is so cool. I use my voice-activated uh, remote with The uh, Dish.